0: It's good to see each one of you this evening. I appreciate the opportunity to be able to speak for you. Appreciate Hugh asking me. He asked me about three, four weeks ago, and and uh, I'd already been thinking about this particular topic because it was just a few days before that that I had seen this particular article on the. Uh, internet. And sometimes when I am sitting, waiting to load or unload, I'll look at Google News and just see what they're putting out and what maybe events may be happening or whatever. I always enjoy just sitting and reading those. And I was scanning down through there and I come to this one that kind of caught my eye. And I thought, well, that sounds interesting. I went down a few more and just you know just seeing what else was there. And I went back to that particular one, and uh, that particular title was an ancient ancient city destroyed by biblical. Let not think of the last word. Uh, but just utterly destroyed, just like. We might think of something in the Bible. Well, the first thought to come to my mind was Sodom because that was a city that was utterly destroyed by God. So I clicked on the article and I began to read and it was kind of interesting, but you didn't get too far down into it. And it said, the tale of Sodom told in Genesis. And I thought, uh-oh, wait a minute. This isn't Right. And so, I read a little bit further, and I enjoyed the reading, because to me, it gave me maybe a little bit of insight as to what might have happened in Sodom, but what really disturbed me was that one word, tell. And so, the next day, I was doing the same thing, and there was another article similar to that one, and then... A little bit later that day, there was another article similar to that one. And I think all together, I've seen like five different ones. This particular research paper was put out and was picked up by multiple uh, news outlets, I guess you would say, Newsweek, Forbes Magazine, Yahoo News, Google News, you know, just went on and on, and they were all basically the same in reading. But they had some differences as far as what was actually said in the article. It depended upon the writer that had read this research paper and then wrote his article about that research paper. But all of them, without a fail, said this is similar to the biblical tale of Sodom. And I thought, you know, that's kind of like the serpent telling Eve in the Garden of Eden, just changing a few words. How many times do we hear something that's close, but it's not correct? It's not true. And you know, and I've heard people say, well, if it's on the internet, it's got to be true. If it's printed in ink, it's got to be true. Well, you know, I learned from an early age, you take everything with a grain of salt. But A lot of people, if they read it, it's the truth, and you can't convince them otherwise. So for a few moments tonight, I'd like to look at the story of Sodom and, and uh, point out a few things there, but I'm also going to share some of that article with you. I just went through and picked out a few things because I think it it uh, it's interesting as to what these scientists say they have discovered, but they don't want to give it credit that it's biblical and it could be Sodom. I even did some research with some biblical scholars and some say that Sodom has never been found. And this city is in a particular region of where Sodom would be. But Sodom itself has never been found. And then another biblical scholar will say, Sodom was never found until this city was found but they're calling it a totally different name. So you can take it for what it's worth and come to your own conclusion after we read the article, and I'm not going to bore you with all of it, just bits and pieces of it. But I'd like to start Genesis, the 13th chapter, with verse 10. This is where Abram or uh, Lot is looking down. Him and Abram are fixing to to depart. Abram's already told him said, uh, "You know we don't want any strife. We, you know, you go to the to the left, I'll go to the right, or if you go to the left, I'll I'll go to the right. Let's depart and uh, and live with in peace with one another, Lot." Starting there in verse 10, Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan that was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of, of the Lord, like the land of, the, of Egypt as you go toward Zor. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan and Lot journeyed east and they separated from each other. Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom but the men of of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord I'm going to try to read everything in the New King James Version I forgot to say that but uh, you know. so we see that Lot looks and he sees this well watered valley and You know, I can't, me personally, I can't think that he, you know, if I was in his shoes, I probably would have chose the same thing. Because I had a lot of livestock. You know, it was lush. It was well watered. It was beautiful. You know, some say it would resemble the Garden of Eden. You know, what a place to go. Now I don't know whether Lot knew that Sodom and Gomorrah and how wicked they were. Maybe he did. I I would assume that he did, but he chose to go there, and he pitched his tent towards Sodom. He was being drawn in slowly but surely. Now I'd like to look in Genesis the eighteenth chapter, and I I had read this before and probably had and had forgotten about it till I started doing this and reading quite a bit here, but you know, Abram interceded for Sodom. He didn't know that the Lord was fixing to destroy Sodom till till here in the 18th verse, and the Lord gave him some insight. He had been visiting with the Lord and these two men, and these two men began to take their journey, and he bid them farewell, and he went to the Lord, and and a few verses above that, the Lord uh, say, you know, is talking about it. maybe He should disclose to Abram what is fixing to happen. And so He does. And Abram begins to intercede on behalf of Sodom because he knows that's where Lot is. In verse 23, And Abram came near and said, Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? <coughs> Excuse me. Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you, all destroy, would, would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? So the Lord said... If I find find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. So Abram starts out at 50. And he goes to 45. And he goes to 40. He goes to 30. He goes to 20. And the Lord agrees each time. If there's that many in that place, I won't destroy it. I won't destroy the righteous with the wicked. And he gets all the way down to 10. (coughs) And that's as low as Abram will go. And the Lord says, if there's 10 there, I won't destroy the city. I'll let it stand. But the Lord already had a plan in place. And it was beginning to unfold as we can uh, read if we go to G- Genesis, the 19th chapter, starting verse 1. Now the two angels came to Sodom. These are the two same two angels that had been with the Lord and Abram in the 18th verse. They came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Here, now, my lords, please turn into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. And they said, No, but we will spend the night in the open square. But he insisted strongly, (coughs) excuse me, So they turned into him and entered his house. Then he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread and they ate. You know, when I was reading this, I began to wonder how did Lot know that these two men that were coming into the city were from God? Were they dressed different? Did they act different? You know, Sodom was a big city. This area was very industrious that had many smaller cities, but they were all, it's kind of like going to the Metroplex. You didn't really know when you left one and entered into another one sometimes. But it's a highly populated city, and and Lot's sitting outside the gate at evening, and these two men walk up, and he bows before them, and he calls them Lord. How did he know that? How did Lot know that they were righteous and they were coming to visit Sodom. I really don't have an answer. But there was something that told Lot that they were different. They weren't like everybody else in the city. And he was going to take care of them. And so he invited them into his house. And they said, no, we're we're going to stay in the square. Now, Lot knew how wicked the city was. No, that won't do. You need to come to my house, and I'll take care of you. Now, picking up in the fourth verse, Now, before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house. And they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us, that we may know them carnally. So it wasn't just a little bit... That, word had spread <coughs> throughout the city that these two men were there they were different they weren't like the other men of the city and what struck me they, it says that they were men both old and young you know sometimes we can say well they're young they don't understand or I've even heard and I'm kind of getting that they're old and they ought to know better you know But there was a class of both, young and old. It wasn't just one one or the other. It was both of them together had come to Lot's house. They wanted those men. They wanted to do carnal, sinful things to those men. So Lot went out to them through the doorway and shut the door behind him and said, Please, my brethren, do not so wickedly. Say, I have two daughters, have not known a man. Please, let me bring them out to you, and you may do the, do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men. <laughs> Since this is reason they have come under the shadow of my roof. You know, Lot was... Willing to sacrifice his two daughters for these men, and he says, "This is the reason I brought them under my roof, so you couldn't get a hold of them. But I'll give you my two daughters." Now I think that's, I, I don't, I don't understand that reasoning, but that was Lot's reasoning. And they said, "Stand back." Then they said, "This this one." came in to stay here, and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. So they pressed hard against the man Lot and came near to break down the door. But the man reached out with their hands and pulled Lot into the house with them and shut the door, and they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house of blindness, both small and great. So they became weary trying to find the door. These two men that Lot had brought in, they rescued him. They grabbed him and bring him back in the house, shut the door, and they caused blindness. As, as one commentary said, it said they blinded the eyes of those that were beating against the door. They couldn't find the door, but so they, they finally became weary and and left. Now in verse 12, then the men said to Lot, Have you anyone else here? Well, no, do you have any other family? Is there anyone else besides what who you have here in your house? Son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, whomever you have in the city, take them out of this place. He's giving him the first warning: Get your kin and get out. For we will destroy this place because thou Cry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot goes to goes goes out and speaks to his son-in-law, who has married his daughters, and said, "Get up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city." But to his son-in-laws, he seemed to be joking; they took it as a joke, that he was just pulling a prank on them. They had no no belief in what he was saying at all. When the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest they be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. So it came to pass when they brought them outside that he said, Escape for your life. <coughs> Here, are lots kind of lingering around, kind of like us sometimes. We're not really in a hurry, but we should be. You know, I think of a Christian that, or somebody that's not a Christian that understands the gospel, they know that they. Need to obey the gospel. But I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. I'll do it when it's more convenient. I don't have time right now. These two men literally took Lot and his family by the hand and took them out of the city. You know, I can remember a few times, and many of you that have have children you you're getting you're in a hurry to go somewhere you're already maybe running late and your kids are just kind of ambering along you know they they don't understand you know time means nothing to them and what do you do you grab them by the hand and say come on let's go we need to get out of here now that's basically what these men do they took them by the hand They took them out of the city and says, escape, get out of here. Now is your deliverance and take it and run. Because we're going to destroy this city. Now I don't know what was going through Lot's mind. Do you think he really thought they were fixing to destroy the city? Or that maybe he had a little bit more time? I don't know. But they made a forceful demand Dragging him out to the outskirts of the city and telling him to flee. It says, do not look behind you nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains lest you be destroyed. It says, don't stay anywhere even close. Get out. Go to the mountains. Get away. Don't even stay close. Because it's going to be bad. It's going to be ugly. Then Lot said to them, Please know, my lords, indeed, now your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have increased your mercy, which you have shown me me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil overtake me and I die. See, now this city is near enough to flee to. It It is a little one. Please let me escape there. Is it not a little one, and my soul shall live? And he said to him, Seeing I have favored you concerning this thing, and that I will not overthrow this city for which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore the name of the city was called Zor. Zor kind of lays at the foot of the the mountains what I was able to, to determine looking at maps, a short distance away from the mountains. And for some reason, that's where Lot wanted to go. He didn't want to go all the way to the mountains. He wanted to seek ref- refuge in Zor. And it is, a, it, at that time, was a small city. And these men grant his request to allow him to, to uh, stay there at that city. But I thought what was interesting is that they will not overthrow this city which you have spoken. Originally, it seems that the original plan was that Zor would also be destroyed. But since Lot wanted to seek refuge there, they granted that to him through the Lord and would not destroy Zor. But they told him, we can't do anything until you reach the gate. Till you arrive at the city... We have to wait. Now, I'm going to tell you, you know, it's, I've read this story many times. And I guess once I really put my mind to it and went to study, you know, we're going to send you there. We're going to allow you to go there. Don't stop anywhere in the plane. Get there. And when you get there, then the destruction will start. How bad is this destruction going to be? How severe is it going to be? It's going to be pretty bad. Because I had to wait for him to get away to, to this distance. It says, the sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zor. So he left What basically one morning, traveled through the day, apparently through the night and got there the next morning. So he traveled some distance. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. So he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But his wife looked behind him and she became a pillar of salt. Why did Walt, Walt Lot's wife looked behind her. I surmise that she was concerned about her her two daughters and son-in-laws. It doesn't say that there was any grandchildren involved. There might have been, may not have been. She was concerned about her family. She may have had other friends there. She may have had relatives there. It It doesn't say. But she was concerned about those that were... She was leaving behind. But she disobeyed God, and she looked back and become that pillar of salt. It says in, in the twenty-seventh verse, and Abram went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. Then he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain, and he saw and behold, the smoke of the land which went up like the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abram and sent out, sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. You know, God utter, utterly destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, all of the plain, he destroyed everything. Everything that was on the ground, he destroyed it. You know, one commentary I read said that destruction was approximately 30 miles long and 10 miles wide. That's quite a destructive path. You know, these scientists that are I was talking about earlier, they say that that this destruction was caused by a meteor. It's what they're surmising. This one particular one is entitled, A Meteor That Incinerated the Residents of an Ancient City Inspired the Biblical Story of Sodom, Research Suggests. I'll read you some out of this particular article in the Bible. Story of Sodom, God Destroys the City and its Habitants Due to Their Wickedness. A study suggests the tale was inspired by a meteor that wrecked the ancient city of Tel el-Haman. And I'm not for sure I'm pronouncing that right. It says there's a 160-foot meteor exploded in the sky there 3,600 years ago, incinerating people and homes. It says about 3,600 years ago, residents of the city of Tel el-Haman started their days like any other. To the southwest, an object fell through the sky. All of a sudden, this thing explodes in a certain burst of light. The heat from the explosion melted the bricks beneath the ground. A shockwave followed, which sheared off the top 40 feet of the palace and presumably liquefied people's insides. They think this has inspired the Biblical tale of Sodom. The disaster bears an uncanny uncanny resemblance to Moses' account in the book of Genesis, in which he warns against acts of wickedness by describing a city and its sinful people that God destroyed in a firestorm. Archaeologists knew that this city was located in the valley of the present-day Jordan and was suddenly abandoned a millennia ago. It remained uninhabited for centuries, yet the reason for its demise remained up for debate. Some historians suggest a natural disaster or violent war, but the new research of the last 15 years reveals the city and its residents were subject to extreme temperatures and pressures. They find evidence that things got really hot, really fast. Like a rock that had melted black on all sides. Remnants of potted, uh, melted pottery and metal and glass that had liquefied and splattered into fragments of human bones. Glass starts melting at 2,500 degrees Fahrenheit and iron and pottery melting points are even higher. We know that technology didn't exist at the time to generate fires of that kind of temperature. A layer of sediment dating back 3,600 years, they found uh, fractured sand grains known as shocked quartz, which only form at very high pressures. Those pressures are also also converted wood and plants and in the city into microscopic diamonds, diamondoids. They're almost indestructible. They also found dust-like particles called spirifacles, composed of vaporized iron and sand, and they formed at approximately 20 ti- 2,900 degrees. The sediment also in- included platinum, uranium, Osamon, some of the rarest elements on the earth, which often come from meteorites, meteorites. It says that the explosion above the city yielded a, a blast of between five and 30 megatons, at least 330 times more powerful than the atomic bomb that was dropped on Hiroshima. The air, air temperature rose to 3,600 degrees. More than likely, everything was that was burnable would, would have caught fire, like wood and clothes. Then came a shock wave, which had been felt like an intense wind barreling at 740 miles per hour. The shock wave that would have would pass through your body would make m- mush out of your insides it would have been a hundred times more than what we normally feel. You know, many of the people likely died without knowing what had happened. In, Sodom, in the Sodom story, God leaves nothing alive, while wiping out even that which grew up on the ground. And I found this interesting. The researchers' findings also offer an explanation for that. They observed a high concentration of salt in the sediment layers, which, had, which would have been toxic to crops. If the meteor had exploded southwest of the city, it may have vaporized or splashed water from the nearby Dead Sea into the sound surrounding soil. And the historical records show that the area in the Middle East was abandoned for up to 600 years. And it's still not very, very much populated. In one article, it was also stated that the biggest problem was there was not a crater found. Most of the time when a meteor comes in like that and crashes, it creates a, a, a crater. And they have no crater to back this up. That's the reason they surmised that it splashed in the Dead Sea and cast water upon uh, the Dead Sea water upon the land and caused it to so salty that it couldn't grow anything. You know, in my mind, I don't care whether God used a meteor or whether he used a firestorm. It happened. Sodom was utterly destroyed. I've never seen fire and brimstone, have you? I don't want to see fire and brimstone. I don't want to be in that place. I don't want to be in that kind of torment. You know, those people may have been lucky that they were killed virtually instantly. In one of the papers it said that the reason they think that was, that was a tale was that someone may have survived. And they told that story of Sodom, just changed the name and called it Sodom and told people about it and it ended up in the Bible. Now I'm sorry to say this is the truth. The absolute truth. And if Moses wrote it and he was inspired by God to write it, then it happened. There's no doubt in my mind. Like I say, I think the article is somewhat interesting and may give you a little bit of an insight as to how intense something like that could be. But you know, I don't care what God chose. He may have chose a meteor, he may have chose some other form, but he destroyed. Sodom, and we have a record of it. You know, if we turn, let's turn to Luke, the 17th chapter, starting in verse 28. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on that day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. You know, that day is coming that the Son of Man is going to reveal Himself. And just like it says there, many people are going to be doing the same thing they've always done. They're going to be going about their daily lives. They're not going to expect anything different. The sun come up. I'll do what I do every day, and the sun will go down. What a rude awakening that's going to be. You know, we've been given a way of escape by God. Just like Lot was given a choice. He was given a path of escape and he eventually took it. And him and his two daughters were saved. His wife looked back and became that pillar of salt. But God made a way of escape for him. And he's made a way of escape for us if we will become a child of His. In Mark, the 16th chapter, verse starting verse 15, it says, And He said to them, Go to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and baptizes will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. You know, if you've been taught the first principles and you know that you need to obey God and become and be a child of his and submit to baptism, don't be like Lot and kind of put it off. Oh, I've got time. There's no rush. I can do it in a little while. I need to gather a few things up. We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. We don't know if we'll make it through tonight. We need to take care of it now because we have the opportunity. If there's been one that's been sufficiently taught and would like to start start their walk with God and would wish to be baptized, or if there's one that needs the prayers of the church, we'll ask one of either class to come as we stand and sing the song of invitation.